Hello, my name is Patricia Rosvora and you're listening to Kitchen Conversations. This podcast aims to open up the mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc to a broader audience. For each episode, I'm inviting one artist or researcher and together we explore their relation, interest and urgency to create within the framework of the post-Soviet sphere. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can now support my platform by contributing to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash kitchenconversations. happy to welcome Stefan Pavlovich, an Amsterdam-based filmmaker whose work questions the role of intimacy in cinema. His documentary film practice investigates the uncontrolled realms of language. Stefan received his BA in film directing at Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, USA, and his MA in artistic research in and through cinema at the Netherlands Film Academy in Amsterdam. During our kitchen conversations, we mainly discussed his first uh, feature-length documentary, Looking for Horses, which was a result of a long-term research titled From Filming Intimacy to Filming Intimately and Questioning the Role of the Camera Within Friendship. Looking for Horses tells a story of a unique bond between the filmmaker Stefan and the fisherman Zdravko, who lost his hearing during the Bosnian War and retreats to a lake to live in solitude. Shortly after our conversation, the film got accepted to have its world premiere at Vision du Ril in Nyon, an internationally renewed documentary film festival held in April each year in Nyon, Switzerland. Please welcome Stefan Pavlovich. <laughs> Welcome, Stefan, to Kitchen Conversations. I'm happy to host you in my house. In the very last days I'm here. Three Thank days you. left. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we know each other through some common friends. I heard about your work already for some time. So I'm happy uh, to speak about uh, it with you today. And we will mainly speak about uh, your uh, first feature-length documentary, uh, Looking for Horses, which you just finished a few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. And yeah, of course, if you want to speak about some other works of yours, that's also uh, very welcome. But I think this will be like the, the core of our talk today. Yeah. So the, the work is definitely about a very unique friendship and relationship uh, you share uh, with a person called Zdravko, which we will in detail speak, I hope. Uh, but it is also a lot, I think, about your own uh, heritage, identity, which maybe got a bit lost or was not uh, explored enough yet in your life. So yeah, I'm curious about uh, that part and why did you decide actually to make this movie and how it relates to your own history? Wow, you start with a with the biggest question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it happened so spontaneously because I do think that it was it was related to certain curiosities and feelings that I've I, I carried already for a while. It was the whole film was a bit developed during my studies at the master, where. Even before meeting Zdravko and before spontaneously making this film, or yeah, spontaneously meeting him that led to the film, I was thinking about, I kind of was re reviewing my archive of all old material that I filmed in many places that I lived. And in a way, through that, I was... I don't know. I was thinking about that who who I was, who I am, and and it was interesting because in none of these materials I was ever I was ever present, and that was something that I noticed actually that something was missing. Actually, there was no voice, no literally or 
figuratively in most of the material and also in most of the, f- the films that came out of this material. There was always something missing and I didn't know. All, all I could kind of see was a certain gaze of fascination. Like I just kind of pointed my camera at people that I love and things that I love or that I encountered without actually... Um, and I don't mean you always need to be fully aware what you're doing or answer the question, why am I doing this? But I, I could see that it was, it was more of a... It stayed a bit on the surface, basically, I think. And at the master, uh, this really became very apparent. Like, what it means to film, I think, was my main question. So one exercise that I actually started doing was I was reviewing or I was looking a lot at this material and I was com- I was really early on, I discovered this commenting thing, like typing on top of the material in bracket. And I was saying, I, I don't know why I'm doing this or like, oh, I remember that she meant this or just really banal little things. And this struck really a chord with me. I don't know what, but I really liked this element and this stayed with me. Also to say in general, this master, they're like the starting point is the subjectivity. They really challenge you on that. From where are you speaking? Uh, where are you looking? What's the ground from where you are speaking? And who are you addressing? These type of big questions. Just to contextualize that, the master in artistic in, research in and through cinema in the film academy in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, yeah. Maybe you can say uh, a little bit where you're from, this big question, but a little bit like what's what's your connection to Holland and to yeah. other places you lived in and yeah. So my whole family comes from Sarajevo, from Bosnia, when it still was Yugoslavia. But both my parents moved, well, f- first my mother and then my father went after her, uh, moved to the Netherlands early on in the eight in the in the very beginning of the 80s so it was unrelated to the conflict and they stayed here they studied here and i'm born here then they separated uh well no then we all moved to montreal when i was some years also what is what's funny is that this kind of time period is is confusing this moment is confusing because it it really carries the element of narrative i think my father says a little bit one side my mother has her own kind of which i guess that's usually the case but when it has to do with your with your biography i really look at it as a story and this is uh, this was an important i think moment in the in in the studies because somehow i wanted to deal with my biography but since it was a bit unclear what has actually happened i was asking myself what what can i do with that how much can i change actually how much is this just a story how much does it actually matter i was so young i don't remember anything i don't remember anything I have this one picture where I'm supposedly throwing my pacifier over the balcony. And this was also the the heart of this one story in the film. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we moved to Montreal. I was four, five or three, something like that. We lived there for a year. This is when my parents started separating. And this is when I started to develop a speech problem there were four languages going around in in my life and in our household english french which is uh, montreal which was in the daycare and this type of stuff dutch and serbo-croatian and i just lost it basically i started also probably because of the the separation of my parents but I developed the speech, the speech problem, and then I basically, I think, or I'd like to say, this is when I lost the Serbo-Croatian language, or this is the reason why I didn't further develop that, because my parents decided that we are just going to speak Dutch because he will go to school in Holland. 
so yeah, this is I would say where I'm coming from. And then my my grandmother, we have very small family, so my grandmother was the one that stayed in Bosnia, and then because of the conflict, went to became refugee and moved to Belgrade. That's quite a story, I would say. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's uh, plenty of material to start working uh, for you on this uh, story of where you're from. But I think it's very nice what you said, that like each identity or where you're from is kind of half true and half imaginary. <laughs> or like, I, I really like this this idea of you can actually create it, you know, and take what yeah. you want from it and then shape yeah, and somehow, like linked to this subjectivity, I became bored with this story also because I, I, in every application or in every written thing, I always started with this. And I was looking at this story and saying, is this, like when people say, like write a biography, like write a little bio or write, this was always the first three sentences and I became fed up with this. So I started to look at it like, is this really who I am? Is this like, what would happen to me or to like my self image or however you want to call it, if I would start completely different, if I would start at the age of eight or if I start genuinely at my first memory, which is like for five years ago or something, you know? So this thing of the biography became the starting point, how to also how to make this interesting for someone else, you know, how to, you know, deal with these thoughts that are important to me, where I'm, where I'm coming from, what it means, uh, what does it mean that I'm coming from here? Uh, but have that not be, be a private a while after Stefan left my house, he recorded for me a voice note with an additional answer to my question. Hey Patricia, um, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, but I was thinking still a lot about, uh, about the interview and there is really one thing that I didn't mention that I think or I feel like is, is quite important, which is this, I'll tell you. Like during the same time that I'm thinking about the the biography and how this can become subjective or how it can become more more open and less private, basically, I I and while I'm reviewing my old material, one thing that I noticed was that um, since the beginning, what I'm actually filming is intimacy. I was I was trying to create and capture intimacy within the context of friendships, of love or uh, romantic relationships or or other types. I, I was always filming intimacy from different, um, within different proximities. And then reviewing the material, what I realized that, that uh, wow, I realized that there was always something missing in these images which was me, there was never my involvement or my subjectivity, basically. What happened is that I came up with a, with a sentence slowly, which was this, which became kind of my framework. And it went like, like this, that um, from filming intimacy to filming intimately, and this went all the way through in, into the into this movie, and it, and that meant to me this question that I'm not pointing my camera at intimacy, but the act of filming became intimate. Let me know what you think. Thank you. Bye. During your studies, you. You started, uh, as you said, collecting, writing, and then at some point you actually went to to where your uh, grandma lives. Is that how it was, or where? Or how did you find yourself in, this, in the setting of the movie? Actually, well, yeah, that was really, really quite spontaneous. I was visiting. Yeah, I was actually visiting my grandmother, who had has a little house in Montenegro. But my mother 
had been going back to the region for years and she started, it's also a long story, but I'll, this is off topic, so I'll keep it short. She started an art residency on this lake. She's running art artist research residency. So she's inviting artists there. And she had just started this and was getting the place ready. And I was just visiting her. And this is how I met this is how I met Zdravko. He was he was helping her, you know, he was just there. So she met him. So he was helping her with with stuff and and I was I brought my grandmother there and the first thing that really moved me that happened was my grandma slipped and she fell and she twisted her ankle and Zdravko he took me he was like come and this is the first day that I met him we went onto the lake and he said there's this special fish really little which has all these strange see-through colors fluorescent and if you put that on your on the ankle it is like it's very it's really yes. good it heals so without even really saying anything he grabbed me and we went on the boat and we stayed maybe two or th- no like one or two hours and we caught this little fish and i was just so mesmerized by the uh, by him you know by his generosity his warmth you know he, he he was such a contrast to me he was such a kind of a cowboy you know like a large man but he had such a warmth and he was so open and so comfortable to like be g- generous and to be warm and this was for me really so this is the first moment actually yeah that I just really liked him that was the the thing, I think. And when was the moment when you actually told him, I would like to make a movie about you? Because also during the movie, he actually tells that a lot of people tried to film me because I have such a unique lifestyle and people are like, yeah. what is this man doing? Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious about the reaction actually and uh, if uh, if he agreed immediately or how, how was that? Well, there was never a moment where I was like, hey, I want to make a movie about you. This this never happened. There was a moment which happened right after this first story that I just said that he uh, he told me like, yeah, tomorrow morning at five, I'm going to go fishing. Do you want to come? And I said, yeah, but can I bring my camera? This is the only thing. And he said, yes. And that was the moment that we started filming. No way was this the moment when I thought, okay, there's a movie here. But it is the first time we filmed and it's, it's the first, and there is some scenes actually that happened then that are in the film because what became apparent immediately is this, I felt quite comfortable for some reason with him. So I felt, so I was trying to speak in my very broken so immediately these kind of miscommunications happened. And this for me was just so nice that we are sitting there. I'm trying to ask him something. It doesn't go through, but he responds. It's like, it's this gap. Yeah, just this gap became visual. And I'd never, I'd never seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Um how long did you spend together, or was it like one trip, or did you multiple no, times? No, it was three. It was two and a half years, two and a half years, going going every few months, and I would stay there eight days, nine days. Yeah, actually, I could really feel the development of like. Great. <laughs> yeah, like at the beginning, I mean, now you're telling that actually you didn't intend to make the film, but somehow for me at the beginning, it did feel a bit like observatory, you know, that you're yeah. really filming and he's the subject of, yes. of this documentary. Yeah. Uh, but at some point it really, and also I really enjoyed the length of the movie because I really could slowly get into this uh, yeah. deep relationship you two developed. Uh, and of course, especially like these moments where you actually switch, where he's like the person who films. Yeah. I think this really was like the the moment where it actually showed that 
you're just documenting your friendship and not you documenting his life. Yeah. Yeah, this was something that I can remember almost in this beginning when I discovered or when I saw this miscommunication between us, I immediately had, I, I made one decision and I, I stayed with this until the end that this will not in that this will not be a documentary if i make a film this will not be a documentary about him that this will not be the documentation of a life with a man living in solitude and this came a little bit from the previous film where i made this th- through a, a workshop i went to romania and i made this sh- short documentary about this couple where i started this qu- i i was i was questioning a little bit this act of of coming somewhere you don't speak the language you you turn on your camera and you you cap you literally capture like someone's image and you go home basically which i mean i make it sound now quite negative like even in that context we spent a lot of time but overall this is what happened so i i yeah both ethically but also i was just not i was not interested in this side of the filmmaking i know there is a whole whole way that people do it like that and i'm sure there is nice films that are coming out of that but this was not Yeah, this was not the film that I I could make and I wasn't in that place in that way, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, for me it really it really worked. And uh yeah, as I said, especially the the moment where you actually show your face and not only yeah. your face but your vo- your vibe, I yeah. would say, you know, like yeah. how you are and how you interact and especially that you you speak his language or like yeah. you're working towards trying, yeah. trying learning, right? I think mm. that uh, that really made you kind of yeah. closer and not like this external yeah. film person, you know, camera person. Yeah. And so can you tell a little bit about Zdravko and his his idea for life and also the island uh, where he lives. So Zdavko, what I know, what he has shared with me with words and with non-words. other yeah, <laughs> non-words is that he 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 went through a very large trauma like a lot of people who went through that war or any other war, I think um through a trauma that that also left him physically uh yeah disabled like he doesn't have he has one eye and he doesn't hear 90% so he and he spent a long time in the war and after that he when he came home he couldn't really find his place in the new system of or back in the civilization that he had left for five more than five years he had worked already he built actually he was one of the people that helped build this church on the island before even like in the late 80s so he knew this place he knew the lake which is close it's it's 20 minutes by car from his hometown what's the name of the hometown uh, trebinje it's trebinje is is the which is a city but it's really a, it's really small it's it's a town Uh, so he knew this place so he moved there and he found a way to live I don't know I don't feel so so equipped and so comfortable to to like uh, r- report really on his early life because I don't know but the, like the action that did happen is that he moved from the city to the lake I don't know exactly how he did it in the beginning but I know And I know from his character that people love him really and they make sure they try to make sure that he's okay and there so there's always guards that are like they call them the fishing guards that are are staying in shifts of two days by the lake on all sides making sure that people are not fishing illegally so these are his friends so and in Montenegro on the other side he has friends so there are people that were l- looking out for him 
but he moved in different places, like he's lived in different places around the lake and on the island. On the island he was living underneath, yeah, that's in the film, underneath the church there's this little house and he basically single-handedly tried, you know, tried to recover or try maybe recover is the wrong word but he tried to he tried to keep it together. He went through such a he, he, he's told me many times it would have been so easy if if I didn't move to the lake, I would have I would have either been an alcoholic or in jail or he calls it under the ground like in the grave. Yeah, I thought it was um so uh, special uh, such a special uh, gesture or like act that he just like decided I'm gonna go there and live there and it seems so simple that if you feel bad and you have some issues or like yeah. some something you have to deal with yourself you just yeah. go away and do it but it seems like it's actually quite complicated to do it, right? Yeah. To have the courage to actually leave society and, you know, take care of yourself and d dedicate it to yourself. It seems like a, a lesson which a lot of people nowadays could really take. So in that way, I thought it uh, it's a beautiful story that a lot of people, because the me mental health is such a big uh, yeah, topic absolutely. now, of course, yeah. uh, also in the context of yeah, Eastern Europe and the, post-Soviet trauma, but also yeah, now with the whole COVID pandemic. Yeah, no, it's super relevant and important to talk about. Like he told me that the doctor, right when he lost his eye, the doctor said that not even speaking so much of the mind, but like physically your brain needs, will need about six to seven years to you know, to readjust to the fact that you have one eye. Not even the mental hit that it gives you, but physically the neurons and the connections that your brain, how your brain functions will need so long. And and he was kind of acting out for me how he how he was running into the wall and he couldn't light a cigarette at first and he couldn't like pour his drink because like you don't see really the depth anymore. So the fact that he did all of this on his own, yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't even want to pretend that I know 1% of what he went through or is still going through. Mm. So uh, you and Zdravko come from very different places, very different worlds. Yeah. But yet I feel it wasn't only your interest towards him, but also I think he really liked spending time with you. So I'm curious, yeah, what what do you share together? Yeah, this was also something that I was a bit scared of and worried that I, that maybe the, like I had no intention to make a statement that we have, that we are the same or that we found each other because of this massive things we have in common. Like, and I hope that the film is genuine uh, towards that, that we are coming from very different places. We're a different generation. We have, I mean, it's miles and miles of a, of a, of a difference. I mean, first and foremost, I think he liked me a lot. And I think somehow, because he has he has a trouble, he told me a lot, uh, to be for longer periods of time around people. Um, but maybe because I couldn't speak so much and because there was like, there was silence or he was mainly kind of, showing me around or speaking or and expressing himself that it worked that kind of my I think my personality in general is quite soft and I'm really not in, intimida in, intimidating I don't have that type of energy so that helped helped but I had but I was really also open non-verbally how much I cared for him you know, and this transcended the film, this transcended 
Yeah. So I think he knew that. He knew that he could feel that and giving each other attention I think is a, is like a huge act of love, you know, that is maybe a bit looked looked over. The fact that you can that you can, you know, listen to each other is like huge. For sure. And then uh, at some point he he tells you that you're a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like the others. What uh, what did he mean by that? How are the others? I don't know. Like he uses very specific words. He, you're not rotten. Like you're not uh, you're not you you don't come from this system. Like he he is quite articulate about the the corruption going on and the kind of uh, mentality of I don't know of what actually I I I don't want to define or I can't define really that but yeah I came from a much I'm I, I'm much softer I think than all the other people he spends time with I think and this was uh, probably new for him also. And I think this this is where we found this is where we maybe found each other, or I don't know if we found. Yeah, I mean, we must have found each other in a way. We spent so much time together. Like the act of filming became what we were doing. We were doing that together. And yeah, he was mainly in front of the camera. I was behind the camera. So uh, this is a thing that I'm challenging. You know, also. As a filmmaker, I, I I I like to see where the boundaries of that is because to actually make a film about a friendship, which is what I try to do, you can't look at friendship from one pair of eyes. Like it, there needed to be some. So this is what I try to do. Speaking about uh, words and communication, I think that's also a big part of. Uh, of yeah. the work and also in your actually uh, little bio you write that um, you're investigating the uncontrolled realms of language which I thought uh, it's quite a beautiful description of the whole work I was like wow I wish I could write a bio like this <laughs> no but um, obviously like there is this physical uh, obstacles to your uh, communication he doesn't hear well I mean at some point he has the device so then yeah. it's a little better uh, and on the other hand you're just like learning uh, the language so your words are also uh, sometimes maybe broken, yeah. a bit broken uh, but yet you manage to have like the most deep conversations uh, and but there's also a lot I think yeah in between the language and the words yeah. which is happening I thought um, yeah that really made the movie quite unique hmm. he also actually says at some point that you share a common language <laughs> but then he doesn't really answer why he says that or he forgot or maybe he didn't hear why you're asking like what yeah. are your thoughts about this part yeah this was a moment where I was a bit thinking of the filmmaking because he had said that the night before or something and I forget I forgot in what context but we were going somewhere or something so I didn't respond to that but I remembered that and I was like wow this is I'm gonna ask him about this so I asked just because I mean topic wise this is what what I I what I think this, the film is about, in a way, in, is language and how to, you know, how to share through that. Um, so I wanted. To, I was wondering what he meant by that, and I don't know. He didn't answer, so I don't know really what he meant by that. But I think what he, I think he answered it. it maybe indirectly when he said, me and you, we could spend 100 years together here. <laughs> I think that's what he meant. Like we found a way, like he has, you know, he has his, his troubles and his difficulties and I have mine. But somehow they, yeah, I mean, it's somehow they are they are not really present so much when we, 
were together on the boat. Like he, he was genuinely relaxed, which is like I I've seen him di- I've seen him differently. You know, I've seen him in in quite a stressed state. So it's he's really he's really telling the truth when he says, you know, I can't deal with this right now. Even though I I think he might be so good in other films, like he's so the camera he's so beautiful and he the way he speaks, but he's not he was really not acting, you know, he was so I think that's what he meant. We found a way which don't ask me what that way is or what it is. I think yeah, I don't know. It's it's chemistry. My favorite uh, moment, I think, was when he tells you, "Stefan, rest your soul, yeah. relax for a bit, put the camera down. <laughs> we don't have to hurry anywhere. The day is beautiful." This, yeah, I know. This was uh, also one of my favorite moments, and I remember it so well. And I find it every time I see the way that he's lying down with his his hat and. His like feet over it, yeah. It's and I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand what dusho means in the moment. So that was also interesting. Like in the process of film of making this film, a lot of it, it like it came later. Like when I was subtitling or someone else helped me translate some things, then I, I realized literally what, what he said is rest your soul. Like, yeah, a lot of things because he speaks really beautifully, I think, and very poetically. And some words, even my mother doesn't understand. Like he speaks also very locally. The whole act of like rewatching and translating became for me also a whole, like another experience that, that was very nice. Do you still keep in touch, actually? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, I call him, I you know, I call him every once in a while, and he's there. And he, um, I'm thinking of going in February there again. Yeah, also to show him the film. Like he, he should be the first one to, you know, to sh- I, I want, I want to share it with him also. And I haven't been able to go there since it's finished, so I will go. In February, I think. Nice. Yes. Another, I think, quite important part of the work is um, a story about your grandmother and your yeah. connection. Uh, yeah, I would like uh, you to speak a little about that, if it's okay for you. Because, yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my grandmother has been where I felt the most um, enable regarding these big things like the identity or these type of things which for some reason I don't have the 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 articulation or the vocabulary to to really speak about these words besides just using those words like I don't know really what I, the identity is it's so connect it's like a million things but where I felt um, a lacking or a void is in connection with my with my grandmother the fact that i can't speak with her in the way that i want that was uh, it held some significance and i i have this wish and this desire to even before making this film i had plans to after graduating move to her her house and actually learn the language in the in the right way and and to get to know her as a person rather than as the symbol of the grandmother who I love so much and who has been in my life. But yeah, I don't know. Like in relation to her, it became so evident actually that language, you know, is so important. This is how we communicate. And then film with Dravko also like proved a bit the opposite, that you can do so much without. In a way, they're a bit like, like polar I wanted nothing more than to learn the language to yeah get to know her as 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 her own woman and to have her talk to me about things that yeah that we we couldn't and she also was directly the link to this place I mean there was no one else like we visited always her she was the only one in our family who 
who was living there, who stayed there. Um, so every year we go to her house, you know, in Montenegro. So she was always there in the movie, I think. But then she passed away really abruptly um, in the middle of the making. And then, yeah, I don't know. It was not so so conscious of a moment like, oh, she needs to be now, she needs to be in there. But I had written, I already had written these little stories about her. Uh, you know, also thinking about memory and of my childhood, she is always there anyway. So these stories were written and I think, yeah, I don't know how, how, how to answer when that happened, when I put them there as a structure. I always wanted the film, you know, to kind of go places, you know, we have this lake and then, and then some moments of stories, little poems or however you want to call them are sprinkled on top or we kind of go there and I felt that there was so much things in the story of my grandmother that that could connect just to all the other things that are happening in the film she was the one that brought me to the horses when I was very little and these type of things but then on top of that the sentence that I say I wanted to learn the language for you, but not for you, but so I can speak with you. Yeah, that was very important for me. I think that is that injects the whole film. I had to think back to the anecdote which you mentioned uh, about your grandma always carrying food in her pockets, like loose pieces of food. Yeah. Uh, do you know why she did that? There is... There's kind of the dramatic reason that she, because she fled Sarajevo, she came refugee in the split second. And there is the story that she told me, me and my sister actually, that she, uh, because she had like quite some pairs of shoes, for instance. And when she went, like when she, she had to leave her house out of the blue and she remembers very well this kind of moment where she had to choose what shoes, you know, to wear, to bring. So it could be maybe a remnant of, of, of that, that she kind of carries everything she has with her, necessary things, kind of like quickly and loosely in her pocket, maybe. But I don't want to stamp that, that, that answer. Who knows? I, I, it, there's a very funny story when I was very young. Um, I remember we were sitting at the dinner table and I didn't want to eat my green beans or something. And my mother was like, you have to, you have to. And then my grandmother grabbed them and put them in, in her, in her pocket. <laughs> um, and, Year like maybe the next year or something, she we were we were together again, and then she found them like all brown and stuff in her in her in her pocket. So I don't know. She she did just carry things, uh, yeah, things in her pockets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. I know that also from people of that generation. I think it also comes from yeah, times of extreme poverty when people just yeah. didn't have and yeah. whatever you could grab, you took with yeah. you. Uh, For sure. But also the things, what you said, actually in quite a lot of communist literature, there is uh, a lot of characters I have to think about now. Uh, um, Master and Margarita, I don't know if you read no, this book. No, I don't book. know it by uh, Mikhail Bulhakov, a Russian writer. And he writes this uh, amazing uh, fantasy. So it's all yeah. fantastic characters, but all stand for uh, specific characters in the communist system. Wow. And uh, there's one guy who always has his suitcase packed in case he's, he has, to, uh, leave. He has yeah. to leave. Yeah. So that I think yeah. is also quite specific of that... Uh, history but uh, I don't know I also had this nice um, somehow thought that 
because she was carrying all this uh, food, she could always uh, feed it to no, the horses. horses or, yeah. yeah. No, I mean when we when we went to the horses, I, I I remember that she she would always give me like a piece of an apple or something out of her pocket to pocket. give yeah to give to the horse. So yeah, I just thought, and then when she passed away, like in her, we found again in her pocket, we found these we found these walnuts, and that was yeah, that that for me personally was such a nice uh, goodbye or something. And then uh, at the end of the the story, uh, the very last scene, uh, we finally see the horses, yeah. which kind of, it's interesting because also you maybe are waiting for them because of the title, because it's searching for horses. So I guess at some point they should appear and they do appear. You give the satisfaction yeah. to yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. audience. And it's a really beautiful scene. Uh, with Zdravko uh, surrounded by are these wild horses? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what are these horses? And well, they. So the whole thing started because I have a horse on my hand tattooed, and one of the first times that we met, he asked me about that, and I told him that I like horses, and from that moment, which was really the first time that we met. The, the first few days that I was there, he said, I will show you around the lake, there are, there's a huge group of 30, 35 wild horses that come. I will show this to you. And I, I reacted re- really excited. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then, so that kind of became a lot of the times the undertone of when we, at least in the beginning, when we would go to the, out on on the lake, we actually were looking for them in the beginning because he had promised and he would, he would show them to me. It's very serious. Um, But I miss them each time. But then one day, really like late, somewhere in June on the second year, like I think it was the second or third to last shooting that we did, he came running literally and he said, I saw them, I saw them, we have to go now. And we found them. And it was, it really felt quite like really, really beautiful. Like the... the, the ending of a type of circle because it had remained even though the film in my mind had kind of left the horses behind after after a while but it always remained between me and him it remained like our mission like he really so when we were there it really had kind of a magical feeling and they were they are they are quite wild so it was a bit scary also and he told me that, you know, you first have to go, there's always one alpha horse who t- who looks after all the other ones, which also, it's so obvious, like when you look at them, there's one that is huge, basically. So you always have to go first to that one to see if you are even able to come close. Yeah, and then... Whether to put it in and where and where to put it was all other type of decisions, you know. Because th- there was a time that I wanted maybe to change the title, but it it always kind of stayed, and I and I I liked it for the reason that it meant so much between us. Like realistically, we were we were actually looking for horses a lot, but. You can replace horses by anything. I think the, the title. I think it allows. It's open enough. Like we, we we were looking for ways, you know, to be together, to talk to each other, to you know, to speak about ourselves. All, all of those things are are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you in the end actually go and uh, touch them as well? Yeah. I I went without the camera because I went first when he says come come I went with the camera but then they all kind of ran away a bit mm. because with the camera and the tripod it's like it might as well be a machine gun or something it's huge 
or like the tripod is huge. Um, so I left the tripod, like I left the camera there and then I, I went to touch them. Yeah, a bit. And it's, it, they're so powerful animals. It's, it's crazy. I was a bit like, I was a bit scared actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was so beautiful, the scene. I also really like horses. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it seemed also like a perfect stage because it was sunny and... And yeah. he doesn't have a shirt yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, so good. it's really like nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. I think uh, we spoke already quite some time now. Okay. I think it's a nice uh, place to round it up. Uh, for the last question, I always like to um, finish uh, with speaking about food. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm curious about your uh, favorite kind of home food, but I'm not sure where is home for you. So, home, I I genuinely don't know. I think that's also a bit the the concerns in the movie is that this concept of the home and of the identity and of the um, the language, it's all things that I don't have a clear answer. I've lived in so many places where I felt home everywhere, but also everywhere a bit, a bit uh, estranged. Not to make it sound dramatic, but I wouldn't be able to say where home is. Every place that I've lived, I've found some connection and some disconnection. There's many, there's a lot of really nice food that I love from the Balkan. Um, I don't eat so much meat anymore, so it is a bit like I, I don't know what I would do if I lived there all year long because I eat a lot of meat, but they make really the most incredible kind of stew, stews, like goulash kind of things that they leave six hours on the stove, which I I think you have that in the whole region and also in Poland, I'm sure. And this I've never eaten anywhere else. Like I've eaten uh, deer meat in some of these stews, which is incredible. And with what do you eat that? What is like the side dish? Oh no, there's no bread. You eat oh, yeah. everything, but there's many vegetable. There's vegetables in this inside. inside. Everything is inside. So I, I mean, you 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 eat that, and you don't have to eat for two days anymore. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. This is how you survive the the cold winter. Yeah, heavy food that makes you feel strong. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, Stefan, thank you so much for sharing um, your thoughts. I hope it was okay. Thank you so much. I and, enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy that I could actually see the movie be- before it's yeah, actually yeah, released. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to actually see it, seeing on, it again officially. Yeah, I hope it gets screened on a big, uh, big screen. I think it needs that, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. You were listening to Kitchen Conversations. Please see the show notes for all the references made during our talk. If you like this episode, you can now support it at patreon.com slash kitchenconversations. Till next time.